The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And my work in recent years has shown me that there is a generation of young people, and I say young, younger than me, in their late 20s, mid-30s now, who are going to make a significant impression on the world from a higher consciousness point of view. And so I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show today one of those young men, Sandy Newbeginning, who's in his early 30s and is already doing phenomenal work. And we're going to actually have a discussion today about meditation, which is not necessarily always the easiest topic to discuss. But Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's actually talk a little bit, first of all, about how this all began for you, because obviously you are a young guy and uh, you've been at this work for some time already. So, so give us a, a bit of background of how this all developed for you. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this work for a decade. This is my 10th anniversary of being full-time um, working in this field. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, um, you know, in my experience, you know, when, when you try, if you have the intent to align with your purpose, it is almost impossible to not be on it. Um, because if you do ever leave your purpose, it's incredibly uncomfortable very quickly. And that's what happened for me. Um, I knew from the get-go that I wanted to to serve and, and help as many people as possible and make this life matter. Um, and so I, I got into business consulting. Now, I managed about a year before I nearly wanted to kill myself. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was around about that time that I disappeared back to Australia where I'd studied, um, although I'm from Scotland originally. Um, I went to Australia thinking my happiness was there. And I, last, I got my year visa and I came back after three weeks disappointed that it wasn't there either. And uh, so I went in a temp job and it was there where I met a, a life coach. And that weekend I was on my first uh, life coaching course. Um, after I'd been doing life coaching for a while, personally, I felt drawn to work more uh, in the emotional realm. And at that point, life coaching in the UK was very much very heady, you know, and it was very much focused on you're here. You want to go there. Let's create a strategy. Whereas a lot of my clients were stuck emotionally. And so I went off and learned things to help them from that perspective. Long story short, um, I wrote a, uh, my first book that I self-published um, when I was 24, 25 time. And, uh, and then from there, um, was invited to work as a therapist in a detox retreat 
in southern Spain. Now, at that point, I thought, you know, detox was only for drug addicts. I had no idea that people actually did detox uh, for improved health. And so when I showed up in southern Spain, I was I found myself in very unfamiliar territory because the first person walked in and wanted to work with a physical condition. Now, up until that point, I hadn't had any experience with that. I was very much focused on mind and emotions. And so I was catapulted into a new uh, realm of work where, uh, fortunately, there are a few coincidences that I can talk about if we have time. I ended up helping these people from an emotional perspective. And because I was the mind guy on a detox retreat, Mind Detox was born. Literally a few months later, I found myself being filmed as part of a 10-part television series as one of the main therapists involved in that 10-part series. And little did I know that that was going to be sold and syndicated to 30 countries around the world. <laughs> so very quickly, I found myself catapulted into a worldwide uh, awareness. However, despite the success, I felt like a fraud because although I was working with other people to help them get peace and be happier, I wasn't at peace myself yet and I wasn't happy yet myself. And so despite everything going really amazingly, I chose to step away from it and I meditated uh, for 24 weeks, uh, day and night. <laughs> I went to the island of Patmos in Greece and uh, for 10 weeks and then I went to the mountains of Mexico um, and did a further 14 weeks. And it was during that time that I really got to stabilize my experience of, of being present. I rediscovered stillness and everything in my life changed. So, Sandy, I've got to hold you for a second. By the way, you have a lovely, gentle Scottish lilt in your voice. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but 24 weeks of meditation, that requires some, some discussion about what that actually is like. What, what, can t talk us through that. Well, you know, again, it sounds very noble, but the, the honest truth is I was fed up suffering. <laughs> so, it, it, so although it might sound noble, like, well, well, he went and meditated. I needed peace. I was hungry for it. And, and I saw it as a possibility, an, an opportunity to, to experience it. So um, it, it involved, um, you know, when, we first, when I first showed up, um, I wasn't uh, meditating, you know, for 18 hours a day. We, wor we worked up to that during the, during the course of the, the weeks that I was there. And... Um, it, it was the most amazing, liberating experience, to be honest, because because I was in that moment, you know, looked at, looked out for, food was provided, accommodation was provided. I was able just to dive into to what was beyond my mind. I was, I, it was a safe environment in order to learn to let go of thoughts and thinking and discover that it was safe to do so. I discovered something really amazing there. Well, many, many amazing things. But one of them was that I didn't have to finish my next thought for me to be safe and well and happy. And that was one of the biggest insights that I ever had. And what? And so, so what? What is actually going through your mind when you're involved? I, I, I know you built up to it, but having said that, you're still there in in one place for a long period of time. What happens to your mind when you're in that state? Well, initially, you you see the um, the habitual thoughts, um, and as a, a late twenties person, most of these thoughts were about the partner I was with, <laughs> my girlfriend, and, or or my physical body, or was I going to have enough money when I went home, or whatever. So, you know, there's the normal uh, mind-based uh, survival thoughts that the mind just produces on a daily basis. Um, what's fascinating is there's been some studies done which shows that, you know, for some people up to, they can be having 100,000 thoughts e every day. And 
what's fascinating with that is as you if you if you buy into the belief that there's something wrong and you identify with your thoughts and give your mind its your full attention then it loves your full attention and it just stays busy forever but as you start to withdraw your attention from it because you start to discover that the mind is there the thoughts are happening but there's a huge infinite context to the thoughts that which is consciously aware of the thoughts, your conscious awareness. And the more you start to become enamored and curious and intimate with the conscious awareness which the thoughts are occurring within, the less interested you become in the content of the thoughts themselves. And so it gets to a point where you know this kind of the mind is occurring. It's like a radio on in the background. Hopefully not this one because this is <laughs> right here. But it's a bit like, you know, a radio on in the background where you can tune into the the, the stuff that's useful, but then tune out of the stuff that's that's not so useful because you just have something much more appealing to put your attention upon. So this presumably this is then where the mind detox method comes into play. Um, to a point, and also the mind cam method as well, because what happened was the mind detox method that I accidentally created that day in Spain, a few, you know, eight years ago or so. Um, that's a form of therapy that helps you to change your mind. But what I discovered was it's also really important to change your relationship with your mind. Because for myself, I'd done a huge amount of therapy. In fact, someone came up to me once and said that they were a victim of personal development, and I totally could relate to them. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a fine line personal development. On one side, it's great to wake up, to evolve, to explore, to to let go of old patterns and to, to renew yourself many times in this lifetime. Wonderful, exciting, evolution, great. However... There's also a fine line where the other edge of the sword is where we get fixated in fixing problems and we buy into the illusion, the maya, that we, we, we have to fix, change and improve our thoughts, our emotions, our body and our life before we can feel complete, experience total peace and experience oneness with love. So that's one of the fine lines that really I, I discovered through the, the meditation was actually we live in a beautiful, perfect paradox. On one side, there are things that can do with improving. You know, there are things about your body that you might want to improve if you're overweight or you've got some sort of health condition or you might have some debt or financial stuff you need to sort out or you might have relationship stuff that keeps cropping up time and time again. So there's stuff that appears on the surface to that could benefit from being fixed, changed or improved. At the same time, happening simultaneous is this constant context of pristine and perfect consciousness that doesn't break, doesn't get sick, and is totally unlimited. And when you start to notice that your relationship with the temporary mind and stuff in your life starts to heal and you start to to wake up. This, uh, This paradox that you just mentioned seems to be a very common element in this new energy that we're embracing right now. Exactly. And, and, and what I'm finding of myself and with my, my uh, clients um, is that it's about befriending the paradox. Um, and the thing is, though, it's only a paradox at the point when you actually know the other side. You know, if you're just totally fixated in the mind and that's your only reality, you know, if you're only if all your attention is on your temporary thoughts and, and emotions and stuff, then there's no paradox. But if you start to wake up, you start to experience this conscious presence of still peace that is the context to it, then you start to have, like, a, in a way, a contrast. And you start to see that, actually, 
on the surface, you can play in, in the world, but you're also residing and existing beyond the world simultaneously. And as we befriend that paradox, life becomes more gentle, it becomes more smooth, and it, and it becomes more loving. So when you step out and, and you go into that place of peace, and then you come back into the 3D mundane world, just explain to our listeners what, how that is different for you than it was previously. Well, ultimately, it boils down to the fact that I know I'm not my thoughts. You know, I know I'm not my, these temporary emotions. And I know that my happiness, peace, and love is not dependent on me being a successful author or me being uh, loved by my girlfriend or me having a really fancy place to live in or a fancy car to drive. Like, what happens is when you rest back into the present moment and you start to rest back into the conscious awareness, which is only ever aware of now occurring, you start to stop feel it being so attached to external stuff turning out how you think it should and must because you are already re resting in a completeness that is so fulfilled that it doesn't need the external stuff to complete itself. It, it, it gets to play with the external stuff. You, you see the difference is that you're, you're playing as opposed to surviving and trying to fix, change and improve all the time. Yeah, it's a very, uh, very significant and fundamental point. So this, this piece of attachment is probably one of the biggest blockages, isn't it, in, in terms of our emotional well-being? Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, if someone just walks up to someone who's thinking all the time and believes that, that you know, what, uh, that, that their life is dependent and their peace and happiness and love and, and sense of self is dependent on their, their bank balance or their, their job title or their relationship status, then trying to talk that person out of not being attached to it is it, a pretty tricky task. What I've found in my own experience is as I start to rest into the permanent uh, conscious awareness, which is aware of my bank balance, <laughs> which is permanently uh, uh, content nonetheless, then naturally attachment falls away. There's no effort or trying to not be attached. You just It's, it's a very natural, effortless thing. In fact, when all the great sages have talked about non-attachment, Really, it feels to me that it's a it's a it's a, a byproduct of knowing thyself and living in love and and resting in your your being, as opposed to you trying to non-attach yourself so that you get to a place of non-attachment. Does it make any sense? So it the makes aspect, total sense. The aspect the aspect of you that is permanent and unchanging and beyond the temporary is already non-attached. <laughs> That's the point. As you rest into your real self you rest into an aspect of you that is beyond attachment. Sandy, this is tricky stuff, and I'm, you're explaining it really, really well. I really appreciate that. And we're coming to our first break. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. 
Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to remind you to go to my website, www.petertung.com, where all of the radio guests, uh, over 190 shows now are all on my website with descriptions of the show and the, uh, the guest's name and also my newsletters with our ongoing work with the Landscape Zodiac and up-to-date information on what I believe is uh, happening in the world of spirit and consciousness today. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program where we have a class every two weeks, again, discussing the energies of the day and, and what we can do to walk this incredibly powerful and wonderful journey on planet Earth at this sacred time. I have with me today Sandy Newbeging, and Sandy has just put out a book called Thunk, How to Think Less for Serenity and Success. And I really want you to explain the word thunk to us, Sandy. Well, you know, it's uh, it's obviously a fun term and it's it's designed to be eye-catching and a bit different. But the at the heart of it is actually a really significant spiritual path because essentially if you can't stop thinking whenever you want, then I'd suggest that you're being thunk. And, and what I mean by that is the mind is a tool that we're I believe we're meant to pick up and use when required, but then put it back down and return back to still, silent presence. Now, for me, I don't know when it happened in in, in age 10, 11 or teens, definitely. There was a point where I picked my mind up and it was almost like it got stuck to my hand <laughs> and I couldn't quite put the tool back down again. And it was I was being thunked all day and sometimes I couldn't sleep at night because I was thinking all night as well. And so really, my my intent with this book is to share practical uh, down-to-earth and accessible ways to um, reduce the habit of being thunk, reduce the, and show people that they don't need to think as much as they think they do, uh, and show them that the benefits of not thinking massively outweigh the the the, the benefits we've been taught to believe uh, thinking provides us. 
So much of this goes back to our early childhood training by our parents, not blaming them in any way, but that's the way they were taught and the way we were taught. So just talk about that, as you say, that that inculcation of thinking we need to think a lot. Yeah, well, I went to primary school, I went to secondary school, I went to university, and I constantly got told to become a better, better thinker. But that didn't actually make me much more creative, much more intuitive, and it certainly didn't make me much happier or peaceful or productive. The reality is that what I've discovered is that thinking is actually a real barrier to, to being peaceful, being present, and being productive. Because what I discovered when I was up that mountain for you know six months, uh, roughly, was that something really important. There's no such thing as a present moment thought. There's no such thing as a present moment thought. In other words, the content of all our thoughts are about the past and future. Even if right now you're thinking about this radio interview, we'll have moved on by the time your, your mind and commentators started thinking about what we're talking about. So the mind is always moving on. Sorry, the moment is always moving on. And the mind, the commentator in the mind that's thinking about now is, is just a little bit late. It's, and what that means is it's the mind is one step removed from the present moment. And that is a key, key thing. Because it shows us if we want to experience the holy grail of personal development and self-awakening, which is to be present, we need to learn how to let go of the mind and return back to conscious present awareness. The results are and, and the benefits are infinite. <laughs> and so when, uh, when people, and obviously in, from the book Thunk, you're inviting people to become aware of this. So how do people then, in following your, your explanations in the book, make that transition, that, if you like, that awakening moment to that realization? Well, you know, I appreciate a number of the listeners are very advanced um, listening to this, but I would say that the most easy and quickest ways, the most simplest way to start to recognize and, and separate yourself from thinking too much is to do the simple exercise of stopping for 30 seconds or so, closing your eyes and counting your thoughts. Now, that may mean that you have thoughts about what we're talking about. It might mean that you have thoughts about what you have to cook later or what you have to pick the kids up or, or, or a sound that you hear. Even the thought, I'm having no thoughts, is a thought. So make sure you count that one. <laughs> What's really fascinating is that simple, simple exercise I've done with people who are just off the street. They've never even been interested in meditation or anything like this before, but they've discovered in their own experience very quickly just by counting the thoughts that, number one, they have multiple thoughts in the 30 seconds, which means that thoughts are temporary. And number two, that they were aware of the thoughts. So, so the thoughts were, in a way, an object happening within a, a subjective experience. And so they start to see that maybe I'm not my thoughts. And, and if you start to awaken to the possibility that I'm not this voice in my head, it, it might sound like me. It's been there for a long time. But there's something that's silently listening and aware of the voice in my head, what is that listener? What is that watcher? And as you start to become curious about that, naturally you start to create some space between the real you and that which is being watched. And that's really, really everything. Because what I've discovered in my own experience is that one of the most confusing terms in self-help and spirituality, in my opinion, is peace of mind. Because Peace of mind suggests and conjures up images of, uh, you know, for me, it was like a Zen uh, monk sitting, you know, in full lotus with a serene look on their face. But the key thing with that imagery, when I thought of peace of mind, was the monk was having no thoughts. 
and there was just no emotions happening either. It was just pristine uh, emptiness. But the reality is we're human beings with a human nervous system. We have busy lives and we're going to have um, the mind-body connection causing movement to occur in the mind. It could be stress releasing. It could be healing happening. It could be food being digested but there's or stimulus just from external environmental stimulus. Irrespective, due to the mind-body connection, the intending to never have thoughts ever again might be a mammoth task for most people and it might even not be necessary. What I suggest to people is instead of having to try and have no thoughts, the trick is to heal your relationship. So you don't really want to have peace of mind, but you want peace with mind. And that is possible now. Peace of mind might take time and it might take a lot of effort and or a lot of meditation where you finally get to a point where you've really released all the stress in your nervous system and all you have is peace. But for the bulk of people on this planet, peace with mind is possible because you can learn to be okay with what's happening in your mind. And, and if I have time, I'd love to talk about emotions at some point as well. Oh, absolutely. So I uh, just again, uh, in terms of the meditation then, so when you're leading people through this process uh, in terms of the meditation itself, because when you use the word meditation, there are so many different forms of meditation. Mm. What, mm. what are you actually doing when you're encouraging people to have their own type of meditation? What are you actually doing with them? Well, um, there's, there, it's, it's a really good question. I mean, obviously, what I just t t told you there was not a meditation necessarily. Counting your thoughts is a little short, brief exercise that should be done for about 30 seconds or more, you know, around about that time, just to start to wake up to the possibility that we, we are not our thoughts. When it comes to meditation, well, here's the beautiful thing with meditation. You know, I think, in my opinion, the more simple you can make it, the better. But also, um, it's, I find it very useful to give the mind something to do sometimes. And so what, what I mean by that is that, you know, when we're meditating, for example, with our eyes closed, because the meditations I teach you can use with your eyes open and closed. Um, but the, for a closed eye meditation, you're really, you're closing your eyes in order to wake up. The form of meditation that I... Um, created based on many things that I've learned in the past is called CALM, CALM, C-A-L-M, and CALM stands for Conscious Awareness Life Meditation. And it's called that because it sounds good being calm, but also you're wanting, my, my, my reminder, constant reminder to people is that meditation is about waking up. It's about closing your eyes in order to wake up by becoming consciously aware. Because what I've discovered in my own life is that as I'm consciously aware and I become one with that which is consciously aware, I become one with peace. I become one, one with the infinite um, because consciousness has no limit and it's, and it's not separated from anything or anyone. So really, one of the most important things is to be consciously aware. And someone can practice that right now by closing their eyes and just being gently alert. I know it might seem very simple, but to close your eyes... Most people fog out, but what you're looking to do is close your eyes and remain gently alert. No trying, no strain, no controlling. The only difference between looking ahead at whatever you're looking at right now and meditating is your eyelids have flopped down. <laughs> but that's it. So you're remaining consciously alert. And what I do as well is I give people what I call calm thoughts to use throughout their meditation when they realize that they've been off thinking. Because your attention is going to want to go in something. Um, it's going to want, and, and the mind is going to want to do something as well sometimes. And so what we do is we give the mind something to do, which is with a calm thought. So, for example, one calm thought would be on peace. And as you think on peace, you'd have your attention in your solar plexus. 
That's just a very little taster. So someone right now could be sitting at home, they could close their eyes, they could be gently alert, they could gently think to themselves, om, peace, with their attention in their solar plexus as they think it, and they let it go and return to being gently alert with their attention wide open. And so that's a very simple form of meditation someone can do. When they realize they've been thinking, they would just return back to being consciously aware, gently alert, and then reintroduce the calm thought, om, peace, with their attention in the solar plexus. And back and forth, very gently, very naturally, you can go between being consciously aware, drifting off into thoughts and thinking, and then coming back with their calm thoughts. So there's a sort of a training program of the mind going on here, isn't there, where, where you're, you're putting it in its own place within your system, really? To be honest, that's a very good way of putting it, because thinking is a habit. It's a, it's a familiar habit, but it's an unnecessary one when you realize how effective you can be just living from your conscious awareness, because you, you, as the mind quietens and you stop listening to it so much, what you tune into is omniscient wisdom and unlimited in, in, intuition. And so you're guided by really that which is beyond conscious linear thought, just from the heart, essentially. And it's a, it's a very beautiful way to live, and you can't help but live on purpose, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Is, um, we've only got a minute before the next break, but again, there's a little twist there that when you come out of that emotion, that, sorry, out of that meditation and back into the world, um, I'm assuming that people then see the world somewhat differently. They, they do. Your relationship with the world is very much then down to your relationship with your own mind because um, until you are enlightened, you experience the world through your mind. So um, as you wake up from your mind and you wake up from the judgments existing within it uh, and you start to see the judgments instead of being the judgments, naturally you experience uh, that which is beyond judgment, which is unconditional, undiluted, pure love. That's a great uh, time to break, Sandy. Thanks very much. It's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Voice America for providing the opportunity for me to have such wonderful guests on the show and to inform our listeners of the spiritual unfoldment that is taking place on the planet right now. Uh, Roland and Matt, the engineers who have been working with me most recently, and my producer, Brandy, I just want to thank you for the great work that you are doing in producing such a professional show and uh, the support that you offer to me for this show. And I'm having a great discussion on the show today with Sandy Newbeging, talking about really tricky stuff, but explaining it really, really well. So, Sandy, you mentioned in the last segment that you'd like to have the opportunity to talk about emotion. So let's do that now. Yeah, I really appreciate you giving me the chance because, you know, it's one thing talking about thoughts, but really one of the main motivational factors for myself was I wanted to feel better, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and anyone that comes to work with me at my clinics or on my retreats or my academy – it's it's really the, it's the emotions of wanting to feel better that really drives people, and so uh, I wanted to really just take a moment to 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 share my experience of that because what happened for me was I went to um, my meditation teacher um, after a couple of years of of proper you know full on meditating, and and I I said to him you know this isn't working, and he asked me a, a core question he said you know how do you know it's not working this meditation, and I said well. I, I have this feeling in my solar plexus. It's really uncomfortable. It's like, you know, it's, it's an ache sometimes. It's like fiery sometimes. It's really intense and, and uh, it's not gone away yet. It's not gone away yet. And he turned to me that day and he said, you know, Sandy, um, peace is not the absence of emotion. And it was in the most, you know, it kind of it was one of these statements that struck me between the eyes. And, and I was like, what? What do you mean peace isn't the absence of emotion? He said, you know, Peace is not the absence of emotion. It, you experience peace by getting peace with your emotions. <laughs> you're a human nervous, you're, you're a human being with a human nervous system, and the chances are you might have emotions for the rest of your life. Again, it's part of the mind-body connection, and 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 what happens when we're born into these human human bodies. And so, I then ventured on on learning how to be at peace with them. And one of the the, the, the the three most powerful words I learned in order to be at peace with my emotions was simply bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> bring it on is the antidote to resistance. And if you have a problem with an emotion, it's because at some point in your life you were conditioned through just um, media or families or education or whatever. But you, you learned along the way that certain emotions are good and other emotions are bad. Or in other words, some are positive and some are negative. And so later on in life, when they occurred, the mind goes, oh, what am I feeling? And labels it as the negative emotion and starts to resist it. It could be something as simple as your father or mother come up to you when you're upset and going, oh, don't be sad. At which point you learned that that energy, that neutral energy, that loving energy was sad. And you also got taught that you shouldn't be having it. They said, don't be sad. And so very through conditioning, we learn that certain energy experiences in our body are good and other energies are bad. Now, the mind puts things into boxes and it lives in conceptualizing separation. 
And so it, it loves to make sense of reality and label stuff. So, oh, that energy is good. That energy is bad. That's happy. That's sad. That's anxiety. That's fear. That's excitement or whatever. But the reality is dualism and separation is an, an illusion and it's a mind made manifestation. And so what that really means in reality is that although it may appear that we have multiple emotions happening within us, as we go beyond the mind and rest in the oneness, we start to discover even our emotions are oneness. Even our emotions are made up of the same oneness. There's no separation within that oneness. And so what we're experiencing, now this might this is an invitation for some of you maybe, but what you're experiencing is love. <laughs> there is only love. God is love. And so every emotion we experience is also that uh, original uh, love, that original God. So isn't that amazing that you can actually be resisting God on the inside? You can be resisting love on the inside. And so, yes, I appreciate that some emotions are more comfortable than others. But what I observed is if I let go of the decompartmentalized conceptual labels of my emotions, ultimately I had a one energy and that one energy was uh, changing and fluctuating in intensity. And my mind had come up with lots of labels for the different intensities. So one intensity would be sad, another intensity would be uh, or whatever. And it was very much based on what was happening, stories in my mind and the context for which the energy was occurring, which would be the label that I assigned to the energy. So all I'm saying, guys, is a number of things. Number one, peace is not the absence of emotion. Do not wait to have no emotions before you get to experience peace. You that which is aware of your emotions is peace. Conscious awareness is already peace. And so peace is aware of your thoughts. Peace is aware of your emotions, believe it or not. That's the reality. And so you don't want to try to get rid of the birds. You just want to remember that you're the sky. And as you start to determine, uh, relate to yourself as the sky, it doesn't really matter if they're white turtle doves or blackbirds flying through the sky because the sky just lets it all come and go and has the beautiful affirmation of bring it on. Great. And you mentioned earlier, um, right at the end of the last segment, about judgment. And I know mm. that's a very big, significant piece in this. Absolutely. You know, um, I like to think about it this way, that, you know, the mind plays the judgment game. You know, we could make judgment into this evil thing that we've got to try to overcome, or we could just call a spade a spade. The mind is playing games, and one of them is the judgment game. The judgment game is where the, an event happens, whatever it is, um, and the mind puts it into a box of either good or bad, right or wrong, better or worse. Now, if you end up, if your mind judges it as good, better and right, we tend to allow it and we feel good. Um, but if we end up judging something as bad, wrong or worse, we tend to resist it. And it's through the resistance and the inner no where we create stress, tension, constriction, fear and um, pressure and ultimately downward spiraling emotional experiences, which can end up with disease and suffering. We don't really want that. But the thing is, the last time, you know, I was speaking to my friend at the, the pub or or the whatever, they never said to me, you know, they, uh, well, what they did say was, my boss made me angry. <laughs> they don't tend to say, um, my boss said something the other day, my mind then out of habit and conditioning judged it as wrong, bad and worse. I then resisted it, which caused an egg's emotion <laughs> and made me feel bad. <laughs> You know, we don't tend to see the stuff going on behind the scenes, but we see it as we wake up and we start to see that actually it's not the things that happen in our life, but our thoughts about the things that determine 
our, our peace. And more importantly, it's our relationship with the thoughts about the things that determine whether we're experiencing liberation or loneliness and fear and, and suffering. So really, judgment and waking up from it, in my opinion, it's not about you know the end of suffering when it comes to like the thoughts going away, but it's about seeing them and not being them. It's about seeing the judgment occurring in the mind and going, oh, okay, and just let it come and go, but not being the judgment. Do you see, do you see the difference, Peter? Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. And the other word I wanted you to comment upon, um, which seems to be up right now in terms of my work, is surrender. Mm, surrender. What that means. Cool. Surrender is your natural state. The aspect of you which I've been talking about today, this conscious awareness, this omniscient wisdom is already surrendered it's the mind that holds on and resists through its conditioning and habitual thoughts and patterns as you start to rest back into the present moment and you start to become more consciously aware and through the doorway of conscious awareness you start to have a direct experience of still silent spaciousness the infinite the lotus pillar as many uh, symbolic uh, has been referred to when you start to rest back into that that aspect of you that is beyond opinion and beyond limitation, that your natural state is surrender. And so in my own experience, I've discovered that surrender is ultimately only really, really possible once you once you know stillness, once you know that which is beyond the mind. Otherwise, you're just kind of jumping around uh, thoughts in the mind and you're, it's prettier thoughts and it's a, no, it's a noble intention. But really, if you want to have the experience of surrender, you want to rest into the aspect of you that is already surrendering permanently. In other words, it's not holding on to anything because it has no hands to hold on. It's just this pristine, permanent, uh, infinite presence of vast consciousness and stillness. So surrender is is really the key uh, and the, the doorway to, to to letting go of 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 the mind, letting go of the emotions, letting go of the physical. Uh, restrictions within us. So really, surrender for me is is a key component, and, and it's it's a fundamental part of of waking up. The the mind wants to hold on. The mind wants to force life. The mind wants to make things how it thinks it needs to be, so it can eventually be happy in the future. And the more you 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 let go of control, which is to through surrender, the more freedom you ultimately experience because the more your life has to be a certain way for you to be okay, then the more victim you are to potentially circumstance, thoughts, emotional experiences that might be outside your direct control. The more that you can, say, bring it on, the more you can experience peace with mind, which is what I've been talking about tonight, the more you naturally rest into a a more free and liberated experience of life because you get to be okay irrespective and simultaneous as as life going in, in its beautiful meandering paths. And what you learn through the doorway of surrender and letting go is that everything presents itself to be to teach you how to love unconditionally. We get back at love again. It's quite funny. And it's another one of those big paradoxes, isn't it? Uh, you let go of control and everything gets better for you. It's one of the, you know, the mind will convince you that you need to fix, change and improve everything and control it and manage it and manipulate it so that you can get your life how it needs to be so you can eventually be happy. But here's the thing. If, when I tried to do that, I spent my entire life in frustration. And then once I got my life how I wanted it, I immediately flipped via a little bit of happiness for a few moments. 
um, I flipped from frustration to fear of losing what I'd worked so hard to get. <laughs> and so I was just fluctuating between frustration and fear, frustration and fear with a few fleeting moments of happiness and fulfillment. You know, I remember getting into my convertible, uh, uh, my first convertible when I kind of had a big book deal and I celebrated and, and I looked down and I'm sitting in this car going, wow, you know, and I look down and I see a little, I see a little scratch, uh, on the side panel. And I think to myself, hmm, I'll be happy when I get that fixed. <laughs> you know, my mind gave me about five seconds of pure joy before it found something that else through the judgment game that needed fixed, changed and improved. And so really, if you want permanent peace and true contentment, we need to learn how to let go of the mind and rest back into our real self. So we're coming up to almost the end of this segment, uh, Sandy. And after the break, Sandy's going to lead us in a short process. So I'm just going to encourage people, A, to stay on the show because it will be of great significance for you. And also if you're driving or doing anything that requires uh, your complete devoted attention, just to stop for a few moments and enjoy this, uh, this process with Sandy. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having me today, Sandy Newbeging, who's a young man who not only has a profound understanding of life, but he also explains it extremely clearly and extremely well. So, Sandy, just uh, tell our listeners how they can connect with you through your website and what's happening in your world. Well, seeing as Sandy Newbeging is a bit of a complicated name, the easiest way to find me online is minddetox.com. 
And there you'll find information about if you like what I'm talking about and you would like to share this with others, I actually teach uh, MindCam meditation coaches and I have a program that's um, just about to start. So if you if you want to listen to that, uh, tune in and, and become a MindCam coach, uh, that would be wonderful. If you like, if you want to share this with other people, that's where I'm coming from. You can also follow me on facebook.com forward slash mind detox man and i'd love it if you listen to this and you and you've enjoyed it please do visit me uh, at facebook.com forward slash mind detox man and uh, write me a quote you know write, write me a message and then i'll interact with you i'd love to answer your questions there great and you've got a new book uh, in the works right now yeah thanks for helping me there <laughs> I, always, I always forget to self-promote um funk, <laughs> uh, by findhorn press you can buy it on amazon um and in there you'll get the full instructions for that Mind cam meditation uh, that I, I mentioned in one of the earlier s- segments with the on piece uh, that I talked about. So you get the full instructions in there and you get a full uh, in, uh, cover, really uh, 10 tools to think less and a, and a whole lot of really clear theory, hopefully, that you enjoy. Um, so do pick up the book, uh, Thunk. Excellent. And you're just going to lead us in a, a little process now uh, to help us along the way here. Yeah, I just want to, you know, emphasize the importance of, of stillness, you know, and silence. And the way I like to talk about it is 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 to guide people through a, a, a movement, through noticing the, the moment. Because essentially what we want exists right here, right now. And, the, and one of the main reasons we might not be experiencing our heart's greatest desire of peace or love or joy or contentment or freedom is because we're, we're distracted from the now. And, and we're in the past and future via the mind. And so I want to share with you a little bit first about the theory about being present. <laughs> and then I'm going to guide you in an exercise in order to be present. Um, and uh, it's really, I've, I've had great success with it. First of all, what I wanted to talk to you guys about is if you look around your room right now um, or wherever you happen to be, then there's probably a phone or a bottle of water or a laptop computer or a book or or a lampshade or uh, a telephone, I think I've already said. And the technical term I use for that is stuff. Okay. Now, that stuff exists within the context of space. And there's much more space than stuff. Otherwise, the stuff wouldn't fit. And although the stuff's going to come and go, you know, the phone's going to get picked up and leave with you potentially, the, the space in which it inhabits is permanent. So you've got the stuff and you've got the space. You've also got the sounds of my voice, which makes up the content. And you've also got the context of silence. Now, without the silence, you wouldn't be able to hear the sounds. The, the silence is a permanent, ongoing presence at, that allows and enables you to hear uh, sound. If, you could, if we had no silence, you wouldn't be able to make out the, the sounds of this uh, radio program. You've also got uh, movement, movement of your chest moving in and out. If you look around, there'll be movement maybe with the trees blowing outside or, or, or whatever. And that movement is existing within the context of stillness. So very, very quickly, we discover that we've got the content of stuff, sound and movement and the context of still silent space. And the billion dollar question is, and I say billion dollar because I've worked with very rich people who have not been happy or peaceful because money can't buy you this. This is a free for everyone. The million dollar question is, where is your attention most of your day? Is your attention on the stuff, the sound and the movement or on the still silent space? Now, most people I ask that question to that I meet tend to say, well, my, most of my attention is stuff, the sound, the movement. In other words, the thoughts, the emotions, the body sensations, and my things to do list. Um, so all of that stuff. But the reality is, as you learn to rediscover and put your attention back on the still, silent spaciousness, you reconnect with consciousness and 
the peace that's always present. So let's um, put this to a test. I'd like you just to, to wherever you're sitting, I'd like you just to notice, um, well, actually, I've got a couple of rules for this game first. The first rule is that you can't do it wrong. The second rule is that you can't do it later. You can only ever do it now. And the third rule is you can't analyze and judge and think about what I'm going to ask you to do. You either just, you just please just follow instructions as I talk you through them so you get the experience of where I'm guiding you and not the intellectual understanding. I want you, to, I want to take you to the experience of peace right now. So I want you to just notice your left shoulder. That's right, your left shoulder. You don't have to look at it. You can be looking straight ahead and just at, at, at an object in front of you and just notice your left shoulder. Perfect. Now I want you just to easily and slowly tune in and notice your right foot. That's right. Just notice your right foot. Now, hopefully your right foot's still there. In fact, it's probably been there the entire radio show, but you might not have been aware of it. And that's exactly all I'm going to do for the rest of this. I'm going to put, get you to put your attention on things that have been there the entire time, but you might just have been distracted from or not had your attention on. So now I want you to look ahead and find um, something to look at in front of you. It could be a lampshade. It could be a computer screen. It could be uh, your cell phone or whatever. And as you look straight at it, I want you to notice the space between you and it. That's right. Just notice the space between you and it. Don't try and see it. It's invisible. But as you look straight at um, what you're looking at, notice the space between you and it. Now, I want you to play with noticing the space around the object that you're looking at. That's right. Just look straight at it and notice the space around the object that you're looking at. Again, don't try and look around and find the space and see the space. Just notice it. It's invisible, but it's there. There's a presence of it. It's sitting within presence, that object. So just look ahead, but notice the space around the object. Now, like a, a switch in your awareness, I want you to notice the space in the entire room where you are. That's right. Like a switch in your awareness. Switch. And just notice and put your attention on the space in the entire room where you're at. You can't see it. You don't have to know how much room is behind you or above you. Just be looking straight ahead at the object and notice the space in the entire room. And as you do that simple exercise, I want you to notice what your inner experience is like as you notice the space in the entire room. Now, when I ask you all this, common answers are calm, peaceful, empty, expansion, freedom, conscious, light, infinite, and so on. That simple exercise helps you to notice the present moment. In fact, you can just right now from that lovely space that you're sitting in, notice that this moment is happening, that you're hearing these, my voice through the radio waves and you're sitting where you are and there's an observer to it all happening. There's a listener and there's a watcher. And that is beyond and peaceful and present. Now, what the exercise does is it helps you to become present through becoming consciously aware. But here's the thing. I kind of tricked you because you really weren't experiencing something outside of yourself. If you did it, you were experiencing something within yourself. When you become, when you became conscious, you became present. And when you became present and conscious, you started to experience what your own consciousness is like. And as you start to experience what your own consciousness is like, you can't help but start to notice that there's a presence, a peaceful, a beingness, and a, and a bigness to who you are. 
And if you have touched something very nice in the last few moments, I want you to know that, that can be a permanent experience for you because it actually is your permanent real self. And, the, and I encourage you to learn a form of meditation which helps you to cultivate your relationship with still silence. How do you do that? Well, the first step is to first discover it through meditation and then through uh, con continued practice, you learn to be aware of it throughout your day. And you start to experience the peace that surpasses understanding and you start to experience what's literally being called praying without ceasing. It start, it, there's exalted states of consciousness, perpetual consciousness, Buddha nature, Christ consciousness, all these wonderful things that have been talked about, you can experience and much, much more. Well, Sandy, I'm just taking a deep breath here because in that final moment, you've brought it all together beautifully from the show and we're actually at the end of the show and I just really want to thank you for a wonderful show with you today, both in terms of the explanation you've given and also the beautiful and wonderful energy that you bring to, to yourself and to your work. So thank you so very much indeed. Well, it takes one to know one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Sandy. So my guest next week is Stephen Miller, and Stephen has spent 40 years absolutely fascinated with ancient Egypt, and also he's done some very specific, precise work with the ancient crystal skulls. And so I'll be having a discussion with Stephen about Egypt and the crystal skulls on next week's show. I hope you have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.